Welcome to our DSM Hollywood podcast series. The following is an excerpt from Dr. Daniel Sherstad's weekly online Bible study for those in the entertainment industry, along with those who have a passion to see the kingdom of God revealed in Hollywood. For more information about DSM Hollywood, including upcoming events and how to join in on our Bible studies, please visit www.dsmhollywood.com. We're so glad you have tuned in, and we're grateful for the privilege to help you grow in your holy calling in Christ Jesus. Before you listen, I encourage you to grab your Bible and set your heart in expectancy to receive from the Lord, knowing that his heart is free to grow in knowing him and to grow in walking with him. This is part four. We're going to be talking tonight about um, uh, receiving a prophet's reward. And uh, as I said last week, there's like three different levels or three different aspects to uh, the reward that that, uh, you can receive. And so we're going to talk about that third here tonight. But let me just take a few minutes. First of all, let me just open up by just reading that scripture that Jesus said in Matthew chapter 10, verse 40. He said, whoever receives you, receives me. Whoever receives me receives the one who sent me. Whoever receives a prophet because he is a prophet will share a prophet's reward. Whoever welcomes a good, godly, righteous man, um, he will also share in his reward. And whoever gives a cold cup of water to one of my disciples, I promise you, they will not lose their reward. And so, Jesus says here, now, if they receive you, they receive me because you're in me. If they receive me, they receive my Father because my I'm in my Father. If they receive a righteous man, Jesus is the righteous man. If they receive a prophet, Jesus is our prophet. Um, you're going to share in the reward or the prophet's reward that he walks in. Let me just say that again. The reward uh, that the prophet walks in you get to share in that. So that's the first. Let me just take a few minutes and just uh, 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 for all the new people, just uh, remind us and kind of review. So number one, when the reward is, so when you receive the prophet because he is a prophet, and uh, and so Jesus says it three different times to solidify that um, as a covenant promise there. And then he says, as you give, then as you respond and give, you will not lose your reward. Let me just say it like this. Once you, if you really receive, come on now, everything that God has for you, if you receive the entire kingdom and all the power and all the promises of God, you receive Jesus the prophet, you receive Jesus the righteous man, you're going to step in and live in the realm, and you're going to be able to see from the state that the prophet sees, and you're going to be able to function in, in a sense where you're going to be able to see what he sees and hear what he sees, and literally, there's something that's supernaturally imparted to you, even the faith. If you can see what the prophet sees, you'll operate in the faith that the prophet has. If you can hear what the prophet hears, come on now, and, he, and what he hears is he says what he hears to you. Now you're hearing what he says. Come on now. And you're hearing what God says. Because if he's a real prophet, when he speaks, God's speaking. Come on now. And so when you receive that, now you're hearing what God is actually saying. And now if, when, if you really have received it, Jesus is saying there's going to be something on the inside of us that wants to respond to that receiving, and you're going to want to give. And so Jesus, when you give, come on now, out of receiving, 
you won't lose your reward, or let me just say this, you will solidify or ratify the reward, come on now, in your life. That's why what giving is so powerful. Give when you, when you give in faith, when you give because you have received, I'm telling you, there's something that solidifies. And in that relationship, remember a couple of weeks ago, I said this thing, this whole thing is born out of relationship. That's why Luke 6:38 says, Given it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together. Come on, the say the measure that you give, men will give back unto you. Come on now. So he said, he didn't say God's going to give back, but men. So the whole thing is about relationship. When you're even the story that we're going to use again tonight, well, out of First Kings chapter seventeen, the relationship that this widow had with the prophet. Out of that relationship, everything, because she was in relationship with the prophet, she walked in the prophet's faith. She walked in the prophet's perception for three and a half years, and uh, and something supernatural took place in her life. But it was all birthed out of relationship. So powerful, so important that we understand um, that 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 concept, uh, how the kingdom works. And so, the first reward is let me say it again: is you get to stand in the state. Come on now, uh, that the prophet stands in, and then you get to function in the realm that the prophet gets to function in. Now, the second aspect of the reward is. We see in this story here in 2 Kings chapter 17 is that when Elijah came to the king and he said, if you'll repent, the blessing of God's going to come upon Israel. Well, King Ahab and Queen Jezebel refused to repent. And therefore, and they had led the entire nation into idolatry, spiritual adultery, worshiping the Baals. And because they refused to hear the word of the prophet and to heed the word of the prophet, and to repent, the blessing that was on the nation is now about to be lifted off the nation. And is uh, um, Elijah literally now, according to the Torah, according to Deuteronomy chapter 6, Deuteronomy chapter 28, that says, when the nation turns their back on me, I will shut up the heavens. And so Elijah took what the written word says, he lifted up the written word as it relates to the covenant, lifted up to God the Father, and got the authority to, to shut up the heavens and to turn off the rain. And when that happened, it literally impacted every person's life. Come on now, in the nation of Israel, as it relates their economic situations, if it's not going to rain, there's not going to be no harvest any longer. So there's no harvest, there's no blessing, there's no money coming in for three and a half years now uh, in the nation of Israel. But because, here's the second thing, when, it, when God leads and tells Elijah to go to this widow, and he says, I've commanded this widow to sustain you. And Elijah shows up and gives her the word of the Lord, and she does what the word was. Come on now. She just didn't read. She received the prophet because he was a prophet. She received his word. That word created supernatural faith in her heart, supernatural perception to see what God wanted to do in and through and for her. And because she did that, the blessing, here's the second aspect of the, of the reward of the prophet, the blessing that was supposed to be upon the nation, come on now, the rain, the blessing, the harvest upon the nation now is shifted to a Gentile woman's house. Come on now, this, 
this lady represents, she is a type and shadow, a prophetic picture of the Gentile church. Come on, the bride of Christ, okay? And so now the blessing that was supposed to be over here is now going to shift and now come upon her. And now the rain that was supposed to be on the, the nation of Israel is going to become upon this Gentile widow. And now it begins to rain in her pantry. Come on now for three and a half years. And now she's able, because if she's in relationship with the prophet, she's able to work. Notice now the meal, the flour that's in the bowl, the oil that's in the jar. It doesn't it increase. She doesn't get like huge bowls and multiple bowls of oil or flour kind of thing. It looks the same every single day. But when she goes to reach in and take the flour out, it's, it just keeps on. Every time she reaches in by faith, she literally it keeps on coming out. She keeps on pouring by faith. Come on now. And it keeps on. If she looks in, it just looks like a little bit of oil. If she looks into the bowl, it looks like a little bit of flour. But it just, as she begins to work the miracle by faith. Come on now. Um, literally, because she received the word of the Lord. Now, listen now. This is so important because here's what's happening in her life. She, she is saying now, when the, when, when, when the prophet says to her, listen now, you, you have words and you're living out of a script that's based, that's fear-based. And we need to shift that. We need to change that. And so, because she's saying, I, I have no, I have none. I only have a little bit. I have nothing. We're about to die. This is... Come on now, all of you that are in the Hollywood industry, this is a reoccurring, rerun, rerunning script in her spirit, her mind, that she cannot get set free of. In, in the world of psychology, it's called schema. S-C-H-E-M-A. Come on now, that word schema is a, a, um, a way of looking at things in people's the way they look at things, it's a, a an explanatory style. It's a um, a stereotype, a typical uh, stereotype, typical way of looking at things and saying things. But what happens is when you stereotype and typify something, you end up leaving out a whole lot of details. That's what happens when you begin a, a schema. S-C-H-E-M-A in psychology, it is the way somebody is looking at things. It's their explanatory, conversational way of talking about things. Hers is, I have no, I have none, I have very little, we're about to die. And it's reoccurring. It's a reoccurring. So it is a stereotype, typical way of looking at something that leaves out a whole lot of details. And because you're leaving out a whole lot of details, here's what happens. It becomes a distorted perspective. And the more distorted, distorted your perspective comes, the more narrow your perspective becomes, and the more narrow something becomes, the way you the less choices you have from your perspective. So Elijah, here, here's the here's the 
Here's the funny thing about that. Elijah is going to end up experiencing the same thing. A couple of years, a couple, three years down the road, uh, when God starts dealing with Elijah and he's on his, he's running from Jezebel and he's gripped with fear himself. And the word of God says, God comes and says, what, what are you doing, Elijah? I asked you to do, do three things. I asked you to go and anoint someone to take your place. I asked you to anoint someone to be the king over the northern kingdom of Israel. I asked you to anoint somebody to be the king over the southern part of the kingdom of Israel. And all you've done is you've, you've done, you've anointed Elisha to take your place, but you are refusing to do the other two things that I've asked you to do. And so why is it, Elijah, that you're hiding out in this cave? Why are you hiding out and refusing to do what I've asked you to do? And this is Elijah's schema. This is Elijah's reoccurring script. Mm, come on now, his, he begins to typify things or to stereotype things or to overgeneralize things and leaving out a whole lot of details. Therefore, his perspective becomes distorted. Therefore, his perspective becomes very narrow. And therefore, he feels or believes, he really believes he has no options. So he experiences a couple of years later exactly what he's helping this lady to be set free from. Come on now. So when your perspective becomes uh, distorted, and then from your perspective, your choices become very narrow, what happens is now you, you, you adopt a way of thinking that is it's all or nothing. And when you adopt a way of thinking that it's all or nothing, Everything becomes distorted. Everything becomes narrow. Now you think you have very few choices uh, to choose from. And uh, and you and the, the reality is, it's very rare that it's all or nothing. And usually it's mm, this and that and some things in between. Come on now. But you can't see the details. You can't see all the other opportunities that are out there. Because you're just reoccurring. You got this script going on. You got this schema going on where you're just over generalizing things and you're and you're looking at it in such a way. I don't have anything. I don't know. I got nothing. Nothing's gonna change in my life. I don't know why I even bothered to believe, kind of thing. And so this is taking place. And so Elijah is trying to set her free from that. Because she's not going to see any other options. She's not going to see it's all or nothing. We don't have anything. We're going to die. And But when your mind, your way of thinking is set on the flesh, Romans chapter 8 says, that is the spirit of death. Come on. Every time your mind is focused on the spirit, on the flesh, it is nothing more than the law of the spirit of death. But when your mind is focused on the word, and the spirit or the Holy Spirit, the spirit of life that's in Christ Jesus will come and supersede and destroy the spirit of death. Come on now. That is literally tied to your fleshly carnal way of looking at things. So come on now. She's feeding off of fear and fear is distorting her perspective and literally removed all the options that are in front of her. And so you've got to let, you've got to feed your faith. Come on now and starve your doubts and starve your fear uh, for this to take place in our lives. 
And so I wanted to stop right here and just encourage us. Because too many times we get caught up waiting for the super big, 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 big thing to happen. In reality, come on now, there is some small things that are happening. There's some small things that are have. Stop looking at what you don't have. That's what Elijah said to her. Stop sitting around waiting for the big miracle to take place. Look at what you do have. Stop looking at what you don't have in your house. What do you have? Because God does not do miracles without you providing at least something small. Come on, you got to give something small. He doesn't need a lot, but he does need something. Come on now. So I want to just say, what's in your house? What do you have in your hand that you can give to the Lord right now in this season of your life? You remember when Jesus said, listen, I want to feed all of these people. There was 5,000 men plus women and children. We can conservatively say there was at least 20,000 people there listening to the teachings of Jesus for hours upon hours. It says that he healed every sick person, every disease. He drove out every demon from thousands of people. And they were been there for three days and they were very hungry. And he spoke to his disciples. He said, let's go get some, let's have some food. Let's feed them. And they said, well, we, we don't have enough food for all these people. All we got is this little boy's lunch over here. Come on now. He's got like five little biscuits. Come on. And two little fish that his mom gave him to, to eat. He said, well, bring the little boy's lunch. So the little boy actually gave his little lunch to the disciples. The disciples brought it to Jesus. Jesus took the little. And he began to thank God. Oh, somebody better hear the voice within my voice. They took the, the Jesus took the little and he wasn't moved by the little. And he began to praise God. He began to thank God for the little. He began to thank God for the little thing that he had. Come on now. That was in his hands. He lifted it up to the father. And he said, I thank you, father, for this little bit I got. This is all we got right here. But I ask you, Father, to bless the little that I got. And when, come on, when his father got done blessing the little that was in Jesus' hands, Jesus took the little and he gave it into the hands. He divided it up and gave it into the hands of the 12 disciples. And as the disciples, watch this, come on now. He took a little fin, come on, a little fin of that little fish and put it in the big hand of Peter. And Peter's looking at it, come on now. And he's like, oh my God, you want me to take this and feed those thousands of people? What in the world? But he said, no, no, just turn around. Don't look what's in your hand. The father has blessed the little. Come on now. And he says, take it and start feeding the multitudes. And the Bible records when the disciples took the little out of the hands of Jesus that had been blessed by his father because Jesus was thankful, was praising him for the little. Come on now. Not for the mega. Come on now. We, let, let's, let's be honest. We're not living in a day where mega miracles are happening on a great scale. Come on now. It's not. We're living in a day where the reign of God's spirit is happening in this house and that house, in that house, in this local church, in that local church. But it's not happening on a mega scale. But if we today, come on now. Will literally let go of that schema, let go of that script. Come on, that that I have no, I have none, I have very little. We don't have much of a future. This is the last of my harvest. Come on, the rain is stopped. Therefore, we don't have any harvests in our future whatsoever from a natural standpoint. But come on, if you'll take the little that you have, 
she took the little that she had. Jesus took the little that he had, and he began to praise God for it. Began to, that don't mean that the big thing, the mega big thing ain't going to happen. But I just, until the big thing, until the big blessing comes, take the little that you have and lift it up to God and say, I thank you. I might not have an overabundance right now, uh, but I want to thank you, Lord God, every day that you are supplying every one of my needs according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And I thank you, Lord God, that you're taking the little and that you're blessing it and you're multiplying it. And I'm not going without one more day in my life. Come on now. Are you listening to me? So when you take that and you bless it and you thank it, whoo, and you just thank the Lord, I promise you God will take it. He'll multiply it. He'll cause the miracle to come to your house. The, the reign of God's spirit will become on your house because that is the second level, the second aspect of the prophet's reward. That which was supposed to come on a nation is going to come on you. Come on. I'm looking for some people that will hear the voice within my voice and dare to believe to receive the prophet's reward. Come on. Financial blessing is coming to your house. In the name of Jesus, miracles are coming to your house. Come on now. Miracles, everything is shifting in your favor. I prophesy in the name of Jesus because there's a number of you watching that you're, you really can relate to this widow. You can relate to what I'm talking about right now. You don't have an overabundance of things happening in your life. But come on now. But I'm telling you right now, take the little. You got a little bit. You got something. Come on now. Lift it up to the Lord. Begin to thank God. Stop focusing. Stop talking about that. You only got a little bit. Stop talking fear and start talking the words of God that are filled with the faith of God. Come on now. And when you begin to do that, come on, everything will shift in your house. Everything will shift in your life. Everything will shift. Come on now. In your sphere. Come on now. Of influence right there. Everything will begin to change and begin to increase for the glory and for the honor of God. Whoo, thank you, Jesus. So that's the second thing that begins to take place in this lady's life. And it's happening in your life right now. I'm prophesying it right now. I'm hearing, I'm getting testimonies every day. I, I literally am overwhelmed by the responses that I am getting of people being blessed by these messages about receiving the prophet's reward. Incredible blessing coming to people's lives. And so here's what happens now. In 1 Kings chapter 17, I'm going to talk about now the third the third level or the third aspect of the prophet's reward, which I believe is the most uh, powerful and the most insightful in this entire story right here. In 1 Kings chapter 17, verse 17, it says, Now after these things, the son of the woman, the mistress of the house, became sick. And his sickness was so severe that there was no breath left in him, and he died. And she said to Elijah, what have you against me, O man of God? Have you come to me to call my sin to remembrance and to slay my son? He said to her, give me your son. And he took the boy from her bosom and he carried him up into the chamber where he was staying and he laid him down on his own Bed. Come on now. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this now. Here's what the enemy loves to do. Come on. You start walking in the prophet's reward. Come on. You start seeing. Come on now. And hearing 
and walking in the faith. Come on now, because you're in a, you're being able to see and hear. Come on now. And the world that's behind the world that you can see with your natural eyes. You can be able to function. Come on now, in the spirit of prophecy with the prophetic edge about your life. Will you begin to see and hear? Come on now, what's happening in the world that's behind the world that's in front of your eyes. And then you begin to experience the blessing that should have come upon the nation. It's now, come on, financial blessing. Come on now, miracles, signs and wonders are coming upon your house. It's raining in your pantry now. Come on now, that's the second level. So a whole man, the Lord is visiting your house. The blessing of God, the word of the Lord, the presence of God. Things are turning around. Miracles are happening every day in this lady's life. But here's what the enemy loves to do. Are you listening to me? Here's the third thing. The enemy loves to come and he loves to countermand. He loves to come with the veiled voice of the accuser and try to get you to give up. Come on. He likes to bring death. Come on now. He likes to invade what God is doing in your life with death. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Come on, I'm death. Come on now. Death to your child. Now, I'm not talking about some natural child. I'm talking about a, a child of thought. Come on, a child of dream. A child of a vision. Come on now. A child of promise. The small little things that are on the inside of your spirit that are growing and developing. Come on now. And beginning to produce some fruit in your life. The enemy loves to invade that with death. Come on now. And he comes with a veiled voice of accused, the accuser to literally, why does he do that? Because he likes to kill, steal, and destroy. Come on, that was Jesus is trying to do, which is trying to bring abundance and abundant life into your, your being, into your house, into your sphere of influence all around you. And so here's what takes place now. Come on, that's the way the enemy works. Come on now, these, these enemies come. So here, death comes. She's like walking in the blessing of the Lord. Her son dies. And now she believes in the lie. Oh, God. Oh, 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 I see what's really going on here. Oh, man of God. Come on. Oh, you call yourself a man of God, huh? Oh, you got the word of the Lord in your mouth. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're going to see about that right there. Come on now. I see what you have. You came, come on now, as a man of God to literally come into my house. And to literally, literally expose the sins of my past. Listen, it doesn't take, it doesn't take, come on now, a, 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 a whole lot of insight to see what's taking place here. Because she says that she brings up the sins of her past and she implies that it's tied to her son. Listen now, this son is an illegitimate son. This son was not born from her husband. This, this son was born out of adultery. So this sin in her past, and this son, this boy, is the fruit of her sin. And now she says the man of God has come to expose the sin of her past, to bring shame, come on now, upon her, and by removing the fruit or the outcome of her sin. How many believers, I don't know, after 35 years of ministry, how many believers 
have bought into that lie. I've lost count. Literally, I've had hundreds of people that I've dealt with and ministered, if not thousands of people, either in prayer lines or in my office that whisper into my ear that they believe that the reason that this happened, this negative, this trial, this challenge. And folks, let me just say this. The last test is always the greatest test. Come on, before the breakthrough, before the miracle, before the resurrection power takes place, the, the greatest test that you're going to come into, into being in your life is always the last test. And everything comes online. And if you can make it through the last test, come on now, and realized so the prophet says to her listen no 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 god this did not happen in your life because of some sin the sin in your life and because this son is illegitimate and now god is you are literally listen we are we we do not believe in karma we are not of that ideology karma says that you, when negative, bad things happen in your life, it's because you deserve it because of things that happened in, in your past. And you're just reaping these bad things. Uh, that's what karma says in, in different religions. We do not buy into that. We do not believe in that. Yes, the Bible talks about the law of sowing and reaping in our life. Yet that's a law of the kingdom of God. But you know what? There's another law. It's called the law of faith, the law of life, the law of love. Mm, that supersedes, come on now, the law of sowing and reaping. Are you watching? Because mercy always trumps justice. The mercy of God always trumps justice. Come on now. Even you deserve, come on now, the judgment. And the, uh, which was the justice of God, God says, I am a God of mercy. I'm a God of love. I'm a God of forgiveness. Come on now. And even though from a natural standpoint, you should deserve this because of your sin, thank God the Bible says that God does not count our iniquities, come on now, and our sins and hold them against us. If that was so, we'd all be dead right now. None of us would be standing. The reason, come on now, that we are still standing today is not be is because there is no such thing as karma in the kingdom of God. There's a, there is a such thing as the love of God, the kindness of God, the mercy of God that triumphs them. Come on now, justice. And literally when we come in repentance to God and we ask him, this is what the cross is all about. This is what Easter is all about. This is what Resurrection Sunday is all about. Father, forgive them, for they really don't understand what they're doing. Come on now, everything, all of the justice and judgment that should have came upon you, came upon Christ. Come on now, on that, come on, Good Friday, come on, everything, all of it came on Him. Come on, and He paid the price for you. And when you believe into what He did for you, Come on now, the resurrection power of God creates in you, come on, the, the desire 
and the awakening that you are created in the exact image and likeness of God and that you're a son and daughter of God. And he gives you the power to be his son, the power to be his daughter right there. That's the mercy of God. That's the goodness of God. Oh, widow. No, no, no. This did not happen because God is trying to punish you for your sin and the illegitimate son that you have. And he's done, and you're just reaping that because of that. I'm not here to expose your past and expose your sin, but I am here to bring healing. Oh, thank you, Lord God. Listen, when the, when the enemy comes in to bring death, when he comes in to bring, God, oh, come on now, a trial or tribulation, he brings it for the purpose of destroying you. But God will take that trial and that, tribu that tribulation in your life and turn it around and use it as a test to graduate you to a whole other level of resurrection power in your life. Come on. That's what he's trying to do. The enemy came to kill her son, to, 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 to destroy her, and to convince her that God really didn't love her. And, and yet God took this moment and turned it around and healed her. Oh, my God. Brought peace. Shalom, nothing missing, nothing broken, the absence of all things harmful, the presence of all things beneficial to her soul, to her spirit. Come on now. So God had literally not only saved her life, saved, come on now, her son, brought blessing to her house. Miracles are happening every day in her life. Now the enemy comes to try to destroy what the Lord is doing. Come on now. And now... God takes it to use and he says, you know what? I love this widow so much. Not only am I going to bless her financially, not only am I going to do miracles for her, not only am I going to bless her and sustain her, oh my God, but you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to deliver her, come on now, from her past, come on, the shame of her past, the power of the sin in her past, come on now, and I am going to totally heal her soul, her mind, her will, and emotions so that she would no longer have her mind stuck on the flesh, which is the spirit of death. But now her mind is still, is focused on the spirit. Come on now, which is resurrection life in Christ Jesus. And so that's what God is doing in this thing. Come on now. So what she says, oh my goodness, Elijah says, give me, come on, give me your son. Come on, give, come on. I want to encourage you. Come on, give those dead things to the Lord, man. Don't go to the grave with them. Come on now. Some of you are like, oh my God, I wish I didn't even have this dream. No, I say a thousand times no. The dream, come on, is of the Lord. Some of you are sitting, I'm, I'm like, oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. There are many that are listening to me right now. And you believe, you believe that that's what's happening in your life is because of something you did in your past and you're just reaping that right now. But the Lord says, no, 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 no. If this is the, that which is happening, this test, this trial is taking place, the greatest, come on now, the greatest, come on, the greatest test is the final test and the final enemy is death. And so death tries to come and he tries to enter our situation, our dreams, the promises, our house, come on now our future, and then tries to convince us that we're responsible for that death coming in, that we did something to allow it. I want to countermand that. I hear the Holy Spirit say, son, you countermand that now in the name of Jesus. I came to tell somebody, you didn't do anything wrong. 
that that's what's happening in your life it isn't because you did anything wrong it's happening in your life because god is setting you up for a miracle come on god is about to release resurrection power into your home resurrection power into your dead things the dead dreams the dead vision your dead business your dead job Come on now, your dead relatives. God is about to release a whole nother measure of resurrection power right now. Not Come on now, because God is setting you up to do a miracle, to convince you. Come on, to bring you to a whole nother level of faith in the name of Jesus and to cause an absolute supernatural harvest. I want to prophesy there is a supernatural harvest harvest come on now i am prophesying come on hear the word of the lord that's in my mouth here tonight the resurrection power of christ is being released come on now in the name of jesus and so the prophet of god takes the little boy up come on to a whole nother level i want to encourage you take that which the death has invaded don't take it to the grave don't give up on it come on lift it up Take it higher into the realm of the Spirit and begin to wait upon the Lord. Take it higher into the realm of the Spirit and begin to wait upon the Lord. And what does Elijah do? He lays on the boy, stretched out like a cross, like Jesus was stretched out on the cross. He takes the boy. He lays himself on the boy. He puts his arms on his arms, what, just like this. He lays literally on top of the boy and, and allows the supernatural a resurrection power and anointing that is in the prophet to literally be transferred from his being out of his spirit as he's touching the dead body of this little boy. That's why when Jesus laid hands on the sick, when the apostles laid hands, that's why Jesus said in Mark chapter 16, believers will lay hands on the sick of all now and they will recover in the name of Jesus. Ooh, there's a supernatural impartation that takes place when, come on now, when the anointing literally is physically touching something else. Come on now. And so that is so important. So he's laid out there. He does it three times. Remember I said last week, in the Hebrew culture, in the Hebrew mindset, when something was done three times, when something was done, when said three times, remember? That's why Jesus said, if they receive, come on, you, and come on, if they receive the prophet, if they receive the righteous person, when it's said three times, it was a solidification of a ratification of the covenant. It was a ratification of the promise. So when Elijah laid out, come on now, like Jesus was laid out upon the cross on this board, he did it three times to ratify the covenant of God. Once again, and once he ratified the covenant, come on, in a Hebrew, come on, in that Hebrew culture, the power of God's resurrection anointing was released and flowed out of Elijah into that dead body. And that boy was raised from the dead instantaneously without any kind of repercussions whatsoever. No brain damage, nothing, absolutely, totally healed inside and out right then and right there. What a beautiful, awesome picture right there. I'm telling you, Elijah is a type, a prophetic type and shadow of Christ. This widow is a prophetic type and shadow of the ecclesia, of the church, come on, of the Gentile church that's been engrafted in. Oh, dear Lord. And so this death of this son, come on now, and Elijah laying out there like on a cross, solidifying it three times. Now, listen now. Let me just throw this in. This is so powerful. 
listen and listen very carefully a three braided cord the bible says cannot be easily broken father son and the holy spirit because the power of three come on now and so this literally three times every time every time you read about three they say three times something is done three times it speaks not only come on now of the ratification of the covenant that god has spoken it speaks of a three-braided cord that cannot be broken come on now in the name of jesus and here's the awesome thing you remember in isaiah chapter 40 when it says when you wait upon the lord you will rise up like an eagle and you're going to soar close to god and you're going to run and not grow weary come on now and there's going to be a supernatural exchange of strength for your weakness come on now god's healing for your sickness whatever it is god gives you whatever he has as you wait upon him in psalm 27 when when the when david says this he said listen let me tell you at the end of the song what i've learned all through in my experience lord if i will just wait upon the lord if i'll be strong and courageous and not give up back up let up or shut up I will see the goodness of God, the kindness of God, the mercy of God, the love of God while I am still alive right now, if I will wait on the Lord. Here's the awesome thing, that Hebrew word for wait in Psalm 27, in Isaiah chapter 40, it comes from the same exact root Hebrew word for the word, come on now, that is used in the story of Rahab the harlot when she was given a covenant promise by Joshua who's a type and shadow of Christ when she when he told her you take that scarlet rope that was made out of three cords that represented come on now the Godhead the fullness of the Godhead that represented come on now the covenant of God it that comes from the Hebrew word is tikvah. The word for red scarlet rope is tikvah. And so T-I-K-V-A-H, tikvah. The word wait in Psalm 27 and the word wait in Isaiah 40, it comes from the same Hebrew word as tikvah. So that word, that, 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 three, that three braided cord that was scarlet, the tikvah, that's what the Hebrew says, representing the God, representing, come on now, the power that's in the blood, representing everything that Jesus Christ has done for us. Because she's about, as a Gentile, is about to be engrafted, come on now, into the nation of Israel. By the way, guess who her son is? Her son is Boaz, come on now, who married Ruth a Moabitess, come on now. Mm, guess oh yeah that's right come on now that is powerful right there rahab the harlot come on now whose son was boaz come on now boaz was the great grandfather of david david's great great grandmother was rahab the harlot come on now let me say that again david come on now her his great great grandmother was rahab the harlot come on now that tikvah it talks about an expectation she was waiting for salvation 
She was waiting for her deliverance with an absolute supernatural hope that could not be broken. A supernatural expectation that could not be broken. Come on now. A resurrection power coming her way. That chick bump waiting. Come on. So when you take that which seems dead in your life, come on now. Whatever death has invaded, I want to encourage you. Don't take it down. Take it higher into the realm of the spirit and begin to wait upon the Lord. We're, come on now. With the come on and then expect. Come on. Wait with the expectation. Come on now that the three braided cord, whoo, representing the resurrection, representing the Godhead, representing the ratification of the covenant is going to be your portion. And it's just a matter of time before God shows up in your house to bring resurrection life to that which death has invaded. Somebody, I hope you're hearing what I'm saying here tonight. This is a powerful insight. Powerful revelation that God wants to bring into your life here tonight for the glory and for the honor of God. Come on, I don't care what's happening in your past. Come on now. Listen now. Jesus comes from the line of David. David's line. Come on now. Let me say it again. His great-great-grandmother was a Gentile. Come on now. Woo! Was Come on now. Was not part of the nation of Israel. She was engrafted in. Gave birth to Boaz. Come on now, whose mother was not a Jewish person. Now he marries Ruth, who was a Moabite, who the Bible says is one of the most wicked, filthiest nations. The Moabites, God considered as the, the dredge of the earth right there. And yet God allowed a Moabite. Come on now. May it be that Boaz, who came from, come on now, Rahab, and hearing the story about how God had mercy and had grace, and come on, and loved someone whose past was so colored, whose past was not worthy of the blessing of the Lord. Come on now. And yet, come on now, the resurrection power of God superseded the love of God, superseded everything that happened in Rahab's past, and grafted her in. But she began to experience the blessing that came on the nation. Now is coming upon her. She gives birth to Boaz. Boeth marries Ruth, come on now, and they give child, they give birth to, 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 to someone who's an absolute blessing, come on now. So here, the reason Boaz is able to do it, because he hears the story from his mom, how God was merciful. And so he is raised in a family that believes that God is a gracious God, that God doesn't release karma over people. Well, Ruth, she don't, she, she don't, she don't deserve to be part of the, the heritage of God or the bloodline of Jesus the Christ. Come on now. She doesn't need to. Come on now. So we got a, a, a Moabitess and a, and a woman who was a Gentile who was a, 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 a harlot that are part of, come on now, the actual bloodline that Jesus the Christ comes from. And you say, how is that possible? Because the power of resurrection, the power of the spirit of life that's in Christ Jesus literally supersedes the spirit of death, come on now, that invades the promises of God, that invades the, the covenant of God, that tries, to, that tries to invade that which God wants to do in your life here tonight. So, come on now, I just want to say in closing here, I hope you receive this word from the Lord tonight. This is an absolute word. So when, when Elijah comes, he brings that, that little boy, come on, back to his mother, and the mother says, 
And the Lord heard the voice of Elijah, and the soul of the child came back unto him, and he was revived or restored back to life. And Elijah took the child, brought him down um, to the lower part of the house, and gave him to his mother. And Elijah said, See, your son is alive. And the woman said to Elijah, By this I know, I know. Listen, when, when you can come to a place when you say, I know, and I'm not just hoping, or I think so, when you know, when that happens, you know something has been healed on the inside of you. That is when the healing of your soul takes place. Come on, um, the, 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 your father not only cares about your spirit, cares about your body, but he cares about your soul. Your mind, your will, your emotions. Come on now. All of the trauma that you experienced in your past. Come on. All of those things that were just absolutely nasty and wicked from your past. Come on. That is literally was whispered to you through the veiled voice of the accuser trying to leverage it. Trying to bring shame upon you and trying to keep you from walking in the fullness. I want you to hear me tonight. If you'll allow the, the word of the Lord tonight to heal you. It is. Come on now. The word of the Lord is coming to say to you. Come on now, my love, come on, my love, my love covers a multitude of sins. That's what the word of the Lord says. My love, my mercy triumphs over the justice that should be taking, in your, taking place in your life. You hear the word of the Lord and allow his word to heal your soul and to deliver you once and for all from the shame of everything that happened in your past and move forward knowing i know that you are a man of god and that the word of the lord in your mouth that when you speak god is speaking and it's truth Ooh. come on now john chapter one says jesus is the word and the word is jesus jesus said in john chapter 14 i am the way i am the truth now I know that the truth, the word, is in your mouth. And when you speak, God is speaking. I know it. Something supernaturally. To, that's why I, I, I'm saying to you, I think what happened inside this lady, I'm not, I'm not even talking about the raising of her, as awesome as the resurrection of a dead son is, I'm saying to you, being set free, from the trauma and the shame of your past that gives you the freedom to move into your future with confidence, knowing that the Lord loves you and that your future is bright, it's full of hope. I double dog dare you to receive the prophet's reward tonight in the name of Jesus. I dare you, receive, there is a supernatural powerful anointing being imparted right now in the name of jesus there's an impartation on the anointing of god for you to step in and to see the world behind the world that your natural eyes are looking at there's a supernatural anointing being imparted to you to see the blessing to see the reign of god's presence come to your pantry come on now and to cause miracles to take place every day in your life. You're receiving the reward, come on now, 
of resurrection power coming to your house now in this season. And you're receiving, here's the last point, come on, that reward by virtue of the resurrection power, he sets you free. Not only from the power of sin, but the shame of your sin. Come on now, once and for all. I dare you to believe it. I dare you to receive it. That the blessing of the Lord that makes rich and adds no sorrow, no sorrow. This lady was living in sorrow. She had nothing. She had nothing. She had no future. She had no harvest because there's no rain coming. Her husband is dead. She's living with an illegitimate son. Therefore, there is no inheritance that came to that son. Are you listening to me? There is absolutely nothing. She's living in object poverty. Absolutely nothing. She has no hope whatsoever. And God comes to her through the man of God. She receives the prophet because he is a prophet. She receives the word of the prophet and the blessing, the reward of the prophet that he was walking in came to her and brought richness in every area of her life and literally delivered her from every bit of sorrow. That's what I'm talking about right there. Come on now. Let me read two scriptures to encourage you, and then I'm going to close here, right here, real fast. Numbers chapter 23, 19 says this, God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should not do what he has promised. Has he said it? He will do it. If he has spoken it, he will make it happen. And then the last verse I want to read to you is Isaiah 46.10. Isaiah 46.10. It says, I am God, and there is no one like me. I declare the end result from the very beginning. Oh, somebody out of this group. Woo! Come on, he said, I am God. There is nobody like me. I declare the end result from the very beginning, before even everything starts, I declare what's going to happen in the end. And he says, from ancient times, the things that are that are not yet done, they shall happen. Come on now. He says, so the things that are not yet in existence, I've declared that they shall come into existence. Come on now, from ancient, because he is the ancient of days. Come on, that's what it means, ancient of times. He is the ancient of time. Before there was time, God was living in his time. Come on now. And he said, back in that time, I declared things that did not exist, they're going to exist. I declared this is going to be the final outcome. Come on now. Right from the very beginning. And he said, have not I declared that my counsel shall stand and everything that I will all of my purpose and all of my that I pleasure to happen in your life will it not happen it surely shall because i am god and there's nobody like me and i have already declared the final outcome for your life before you were even in your mother's womb Woo! 
Father, may your word, come on now, come to every believer that's listening, every person that, come on now, and come on now, those that are, come on, not really, every every prodigal son, every prodigal daughter, come on now, in the name of Jesus, come on, those that are watching and you just haven't been, come on now, just on fire for God like you were at one time in your life, I want you to, to hear, come on, we are, you are entering into a season of, of a great harvest, a season of a great harvest, because you're about to experience the unconditional love and mercy and kindness of God that's going to release resurrection power Woo, that trumps everything in your life in this season right now. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.